Welcome to Just Curious Media. This is Let's Talk Cobra Kai. I'm Jason Connell. And I'm Sal Rodriguez. All right, Sal. Here we are, back for episode eight of season three, The Good, The Bad, and The Badass. Last episode was sort of bringing us to this episode, right? Right. Look, as I always say, to be completely transparent and honest with our listeners, we are podcasters, we are also fans, and we will tell it like it is. Last episode, eh, wasn't as exciting. This episode, holy cow, get ready. It's true. And sometimes in a season, Sal, there are setup episodes when you get your ducks in a row and you line everything up and this is what's going on. You need those you need those little lulls to get a break and kind of put things in motion. And yes, there is a big payoff to come. And I already love the title. I mean, come on. It's a throwback to the spaghetti western, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so on that note, Sal, who's who? I figured it out. <laughs> I, I, I will honestly tell you, 100% I have figured it out. And by the way, also a throwback to the stills that they released. When was that? December? They released the stills for season three. Even before they released the season three trailer, they released stills. Yes, that's right. Eight photos. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I remember that. This, it seems like so long ago. It was only like, <laughs> what, two months ago. Uh, there is a scene that is a total throwback to those released stills from 2020. Right. And uh, I would venture to say that Miyagi-Do is the good, Cobra Kai is the bad, and Eagle Fang is the badass. You jumped the gun, man. But yes, (laughs) (laughs) exactly. I, I, I completely concur. All right. Like all episodes in the season, it came out on January 1st, 2021, season three, episode eight, the good, the bad, and the badass. And Sal, here we are with the IMDb rating. Mm, I'm going to say, I'm going to jump it up. I'm going to say 9.0, Jason. Wow. 8.6. <laughs> I, I thought higher of this episode than the IMDb users. Fine. And here's the synopsis for the episode. Informed that this year's All-Valley Karate Tournament is being canceled, the three competing sensei attend a city council meeting to save it. I mean... It makes it seem like they kind of went there together. <laughs> they did not go there together. They went there completely separate. Later on, they don't even know Crease is in the room. So we'll get to that. Once an editor, always an editor. I like things in proper order and sequence, yes. I agree. So, all right, here we go. Into the scene-by-scene breakdown of the episode. Are you ready? Let's do it. So we open at Miyagi-Do. And Daniel is addressing the students as Amanda looks on. And then, Sal, this scene begins to get sliced and cut up. And then we see Eagle Fang. This is like a triple montage where we see the three competing dojos and their head instructors and senseis addressing the class. A very interesting montage, by the way. We haven't seen anything like this because before now, we have not had three dojos. I know. We have an extra dojo now. And of course, I like that the Eagle Fang's slogan is, bite like an eagle. (laughs) I I haven't seen that. Where do you see that? It's on the back of the shirts. I mean, it's so good. Oh, God. I need a shirt. I need a damn shirt. So... I like the way that they're all speaking, and it's as if they're all saying the same thing, but they're not, Sal. They all have a unique message for that particular dojo. And so, 
they go on and talk to their students. And kind of the end panels are really neat because it's three panels side by side by side. And you have Sam and Dimitri representing Miyagi-Do. You have Miguel by himself representing Eagle Fang. And then Tori and Hawk representing Cobra Kai. So kind of the big wigs in these particular dojos. I did find that interesting that the sole representative of Eagle Fang was indeed Miguel. He is solo there, at least in the other panels we had, uh, Sam and Dimitri. We had, yes, we we had Tori, we had Hawk. We had Miguel solitary. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's on pedigree. And you could put Bird in there because we know Bird or even Mitch. But Miguel really represents, he embodies so much. And he's the All-Valley champ. So he can have his own panel as far as I'm concerned. And then we cut to each sensei in each panel as well as we come out of the scene. But there are some funny things being said throughout this. And actually, there's one super cool nugget that I love that Daniel said. He tells his students, Mr. Miyagi said that if you're seeking revenge, you can start by digging two graves. I thought, wow, there's Mr. Miyagi again speaking to us, and he's been gone for some time, and I just love it. I want more Miyagi nuggets. You know, I I completely subscribe to that, because if, if you walk around with hatred in your heart, you're hurting two people. Yeah. You're not just hurting them, your enemy, your supposed enemy. Yourself, you're walking around with anger, you're walking around with tension. Who wants to walk around with that? I don't. So for me, it's really important to me to forgive people, let things go, let things roll off my back so that I can live in peace. I completely agree. And I love it. And I look for more of these types of things in future episodes, seasons. Maybe there's a Mr. Miyagi spinoff. I don't know. I'm just saying. But I also like that Johnny says, because eagles don't get shit on, they do the shitting. <laughs> yes, that's absolutely true. But also, he didn't doesn't he refer to eagle claws? Oh, yeah. Doesn't he say eagle claws? Okay, eagles don't have claws. They have talons. They have talons. Yes. yes, exactly. Officially, yeah. Eagles don't have claws. So, I love the fact that he created a dojo named Eagle Fang, yet doesn't know that eagles have talons and not claws. I absolutely love that. And he has that big eagle on his living room wall, that picture or poster behind his couch, you think you would have stared at it closely to really understand what the eagle has and doesn't have. But hey, it wouldn't be Johnny if it wasn't Eagle Fang Karate. So he didn't name Cobra Kai. He didn't come up with that, Sal. But in this sequence, you also get to see the very different ideologies of the three different dojos. Oh, yeah. Like almost their individual perspectives. Like each of them, and this is sort of a example of kind of how things are in the world today. Each side thinks they're doing the right thing and they are in the right place. Yeah, I agree. So now we cut to Silmar Detention Center and Johnny goes to pick up Robbie as Daniel arrives. And this is also the first time that we see anything labeled Silmar Juvenile Detention. Never before have we ever seen that label. I brought it up. You did. As, you nailed as, it. Jason, as you said, as an alumna. <laughs> I did say that. <laughs> you did. And you know what? I, I can't deny. So, yes, this is the first time on screen it says Silmar. Shout out to Silmar. Well, as Daniel arrives, Sal, there is absolutely no love lost between these two. But they talk about Crease, and then, of course, 
Robbie comes out as he's released. Robbie out of nowhere. Seriously? He he kind of just appears. And by the way, I'm going to reference that later, how Robbie just kind of creeps in out of nowhere. And Robbie doesn't want either of them there. He says to Johnny, I told you, I don't want you here. And of course, Johnny says, you're my son. I wanted to be here. And Daniel says, and so did I. And Robbie says, don't do me any favors. It's your fault. I'm in here, he says to Daniel. And he says to both of them, stay out of my life. Yeah, he is holding this grudge. Talk about Mr. Miyagi's words a minute ago. Robbie is carrying hatred, animosity, everything on these two guys. And he's letting crease in. Oh, this is dangerous, Al. Something's a brewing here. Yeah, let's not bring up the relationship with uh, Robbie and Crease just yet. No. So now we're at school and Miguel passes Hawk and other Cobra guys. No words exchanged here between them, Sal. No, it's one of those pretending not to see each other things. Yeah. So Hawk pretends not to see Miguel. Miguel pretends not to see Hawk. And then Miguel runs literally directly into Sam. He sure does. And she's like, hey, how come you're not with your friends? And he breaks it to her that he's no longer in Cobra Kai. She's a little taken back by that. But Sal, there's a strong connection here between these two. Well, specifically, he says, they're not my friends anymore, not after what they did to you guys. Miguel is letting Sam know, I feel for you. And you know what? It's a very touching moment for Sam because Sam is receiving this. And she understands that, yeah, Miguel has basically abandoned his old homies. But as this goes on and they walk through the hallway, we then encounter a very unlikely sighting, Sal. (laughs) I I love this so much because (laughs) over Miguel's shoulder, we see Yasmin and Dimitri making out. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So fantastic. This was put in motion from the last episode. You could see sparks were flying with Dimitri and Yasmin in that particular scene when she wrote on his cast. But even prior to that, when he did the science project that Hawk ruined with the soccer ball, you could just tell there's chemistry here. But I did not see this coming, Sal. A straight-up makeout at school. And it's really kind of cute, the way they play it. I'm telling you, I could see them as a great couple. Yes, and you know what? I, in all my years of everything I've done on camera, whether it back to my yesteryear of being an extra on The Wonder Years, or recent years of being in commercials, or uh, on indie films, never did I ever have a makeout scene. <laughs> ever. Ever, ever. Uh, God bless, Dimitri. God bless him. You are so lucky. Yeah, and then Miguel utters the words, I guess love conquers all. That's what they should have named this episode, Love Conquers All. Do they have any episodes called Love Conquers All? I do not believe they do yet. Well, yeah, it's true. So, they have a little moment. So, we are seeing the brewing and reconciliation of Sam and Miguel. Yeah. So, now we're at Miyagi-Do, and Daniel is frustrated with the students, Chris and Dimitri in particular, because they just can't get the moves. They can't remember them. Everybody's rusty, Sal. And Amanda, which I like that she's kind of hanging around the dojo, not that she's in it and she's not in a gi or anything like that, but she oversees Daniel's frustration, and she calls for a break. And she tells them that there is lemonade and iced tea inside. Yeah, and she knows that Daniel's pushing them kind of hard. 
Would you say Daniel's becoming a little bit overzealous? He says to Dimitri, did you like having your arm broken, Dimitri? Because if you defend like that, you're going to be right back in that cast before you know it. Well, that's, that's kind of harsh. That's a very un-Daniel-like thing to say. We come to find out that Amanda gets out of Daniel, that he's really upset about the whole Robbie thing. You know, he does care for Robbie. He shows up. Robbie ignores him and his father, Johnny. So Daniel's bringing that frustration, plus the fact that he wants his students just to get it. I mean, I know this from training myself. If everyone comes in one day and everybody's out of sync, your master, your instructor, your sensei, they can get frustrated. But while this is going on, who arrives at Miyagi-Do Dojo? Can they put a lock on the Miyagi-Do? <laughs> Everybody just walks in. Everybody just walks into Miyagi-Do in Reseda. So suddenly a visitor arrives and it's Ron from the All Valley Under 18 Committee. Yep. And he tells them there's a problem with the All Valley Tournament. And I love that he comes in and he's like, why are we holding our board meetings at the rec center when we have the enchanted tiki room out here? Are those real coy? <laughs> he does a fantastic job. I really like this character a lot. Yeah. Good to see him again. Yeah. So he tells him there's a problem with the All Valley Tournament. And back to your point on everyone just walking in, even in Karate Kid Part 2, the mailman just walks in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're so right. And I also want to point one more thing out, Sal. Having gone to Mr. Miyagi's home recently, I didn't go in because it's been demolished and rebuilt, but it is technically in Canoga Park. Wow. Shout out to Canoga Park. Now we cut to Eagle Fang Dojo, which of course is in the park. And Bert kicks a Frisbee, of which Johnny apparently stole from someone in the park. Well, someone with a... White dreads is what he says specifically. <laughs> White dreads. Now, there is an actual name for what you would hold out as a target in a martial arts class. And obviously, this is the low-budget martial arts, yes. right? Eagle Fang is low-budget. What would be no that budget. thing you... No budget. No budget. Zero budget. What's that thing you hold out for people to kick? Some sort of target. Yeah, we have small targets, big targets. You have pads that you can actually kick into, but they're just targets. And they work better than a Frisbee. <laughs> I'll put it that <laughs> I, way. I like how Johnny says, Assface, you're next. And then Assface, Mitch, <laughs> says, does my nickname have to carry over from the previous dojo? <laughs> he says, you want to be penis breath? And then Mitch says, Assface is fine. He kicks the Frisbee. And then Johnny says, good job, penis breath. That's it. He went from Assface to penis breath in an instant. He probably should have kept I, his mouth shut. <laughs> I swear to God, Jason, for five minutes, I paused and thought, would I rather be ass face or penis breath? I had to think about that. Poor Mitch. So now Miguel steps up to try and Sal, he struggles a little bit. Nobody, and I mean nobody, would look at this and think any differently. You'd be like, yeah, dude, you just got out of a coma. Right. You just learned how to walk. Nobody would expect you to be kicking ass right now. Nobody. And yet, he's trying to kick this Frisbee, and unfortunately, he falls on his ass on the grass. So, Johnny feels bad, and he has everyone take a water break. So, much like Miyagi-Do, everyone's taking little water breaks. But Mitch goes over, checks his phone, and then shares what? Well, hang on a second. 
He tells everybody, <laughs> take five, go get some water, but not from the fountain. I saw some meth head wipe his ass in it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> don't drink from that. They don't have a lemonade like they do at Miyagi-Do. So Mitch goes over, checks his phone, and shares what? Okay, here's my grievance, Cobra Kai. Mitch is the one to let everyone know that they canceled the All Valley. Why is Mitch the messenger here? Really? No one else knew before Mitch? Why Mitch? Well, I think he just went over to his phone. It could have been Bert. It could have been anybody. He just looked down, got the text or something from someone. And Miguel had just wiped out and was kind of getting himself dusted off. So I guess they just chose Mitch. Okay, so you believe that they all probably had this message at the same time. Yeah, he just it's saw just it and, and quickly okay. voiced up. Penis okay. breath just quickly said it. <laughs> ass face. It's ass face. <laughs> he wants that. He wishes he could be ass face. Now we're at Miyagi Do Dojo, and Ron tells Daniel why it was canceled. Yeah, Ron tells him they canceled it. The city council just up and pulled the permit. They don't want to foster a culture of violence. He even said they had State Farm as a sponsor. Yeah, that's big time. Yeah, they're like one of the biggest insurance companies in America. They had him as a sponsor. Now it's all ruined. But Ron does say there's a community hearing and the two-time champ could maybe help or at least be heard. Well, he tries to convince Daniel that the two-time champ, yeah, definitely, is going to be able to influence the committee. And, he, and I like that he drinks his lemonade and he says, he says to Amanda, do you grow your own lemons? <laughs> and Amanda snaps oh, back, it's God, crystal light. It's crystal light. Gotta love Amanda. Sal, back to the two-time champ reference. What about Johnny? Well, I'm assuming that Ron doesn't have the relationship with Johnny that he has with Daniel. So he might not even know Johnny. So the only two-time champ that Ron knows is Daniel. That's probably true. So now we're at Johnny's apartment in the parking lot, if you will. And Johnny and Miguel are parking and they're discussing All Valley. Miguel tries to convince Johnny that he should try to save the tournament. And he also tells him that he was indeed planning to compete. And Johnny says, no, for your own safety. So Miguel's really upset, Sal, because he feels as if Johnny's turned his back on him at this point. This is what he's leading up to, is get back in All Valley. He is the champ. He is defending champs out. If he can make it back there, he can defend his title. But Johnny's not having it. And I love that Carmen kind of oversees this because she's not upset with Johnny. In fact, she is probably really touched that he's standing up for Miguel and looking out for his own best interest. There comes a time in every fighter's life where they have to retire due to whatever circumstances. For you mixed martial arts fans, you have these times where a UFC fighter wants to continue fighting. They want to keep going. And UFC president Dana White says, you know what? That's probably not a good idea. Yeah. He cares about them. You know what? I have my issues with UFC and Dana White. But Dana White, I do believe, cares about people. He cares about his fighters. And you know what? They have these fighters that want to keep going. And Dana White's like, nah, you should probably retire. So this is one of these instances where, in this case, your sensei says, you know what? It's okay. You can retire. It's all right. But the fighter's like, no, I want to keep going. And you have these conflicts with the coaching and the fighter. Yeah. In this instance, Johnny is just looking out. It might be a little premature, Sal, because they don't even know All Valley's been canceled at this point in time. 
But Johnny maybe doesn't need to fight that fight just yet because if Miguel doesn't improve, I think he would realize that he's not ready. You know what I mean? But it plays out well for the show that Miguel can now get mad at his sensei because he's frustrated, but also it bonds Carmen and Johnny in a way. And that's the nice takeaway from this scene. Well, Miguel walks into his apartment and Carmen is there. She sees this and her and Johnny give each other sort of a reassuring nod. Like, you know, they're both on the same team. Carmen and Johnny all care for Miguel. They want the best for him. So they're kind of on the same page here. They both kind of think he shouldn't really compete. So now we're at the probation headquarters, I guess is what I'll call it, where you go to check in and Robbie's there. And who does he see? Tori walks out of this room. We're assuming she had a meeting with her probation officer. Yeah. And Robbie is out there in the waiting room, and they have sort of a face-off. Robbie seems like he's ready to fight. He almost has his hands and fists, right? Yeah, he's got clenched fist. He hasn't seen Tori in forever. He hasn't seen anybody, honestly. And he's ready to go. And then she lays on him some knowledge that really makes Robbie think, because they're on the same side of the track, so. She tells him, it's not fair. Everyone got to go back to normal, and here we are eating shit. And when you think about it, it's exactly as she said. She started the West Valley High School brawl. She started it. Remember, she got in the PA and everything. She started it. And then Robbie ended it by kicking Miguel over the banister. So we have a beginning, and we have an ending, and here they are kind of facing off at a juvenile detention probation office. And I think more than anyone else on this show, at least currently, these two have a lot of darkness in their hearts. So now we're at Johnny's apartment and Carmen has come over. So Johnny's entertaining Sal. And what drink does he serve her? I have to think this is a throwback to the last episode when he was viewing the gym for lease. Oh, yes. And, want, and, and <laughs> he had the juice bar. This is orange the best juice. orange juice I've ever had. Yeah, so Johnny's trying to serve her like spa orange juice. Uh, unfortunately, it might be expired. But she tells him how grateful she is for all he's done for Miguel. She says being a sensei is his strength and his calling, and she encourages him to try to save the tournament for Miguel and others like him. Yeah. And then Johnny asks, how are we supposed to do that? And Carmen responds, by doing what you do best fight. Yeah. Fight for all Valley. Absolutely. She sees it in him. She knows that he's touching lives. She's only seen him touch Miguel's life and change it dramatically, even from a sheltered kid who didn't know anyone. And he befriended him and made him his first student to coming back from what he's gone through. So she sees it. It's natural for him. And uh, he needed to hear this, Sal. He really did. I think sometimes Johnny needs reassurance. Right. Yeah. On actually being a sensei, that he is entitled to be a sensei. I almost think Johnny thinks he doesn't deserve it. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, look, Daniel had Mr. Miyagi. Talk about winning the lottery. And Johnny had Crease. <laughs> so he's had to find his own way here. And it's amazing he got here, Sal. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Your sensei fell from their pedestal. That's probably tough to see and experience. Absolutely. His own sensei tried to kill him. (laughs) 
Okay. A shout out to the Sopranos when <laughs> uh, Tony Soprano's mom tried to kill him. Very similar. Someone you love, someone you trust, who you can no longer love and trust. Yeah. So this is a great scene. And I love the Johnny and Carmen dynamic. I see a lot of chemistry, tons of it. And I'm rooting for this to move forward, Sal. I'm on your page, but at the same time, I think of how this affects Miguel. I mean, what's it like <laughs> that your sensei is starting to date your mother? That might be kind of weird for Miguel. So I'm thinking in, in terms of how this affects Miguel. Oh, for Johnny and Carmen, fantastic. But how will this affect Miguel? Yeah, well, Miguel wants to see Johnny with someone. He's helping him spruce up his Facebook page and, and do various things to impress a girl from his past. So who knows? It'll be interesting to see how this all pans out. So now we're at the Northridge City Council meeting. And we see this citizen, I would call him. He's got an issue with renaming manholes maintenance covers. Yeah, this guy is from the old school. <laughs> he, does, he wants them to be manhole covers as they were when he was young. And next up on the docket, the All-Valley Karate Tournament. And we see the LaRussos there. We see Johnny as he enters by himself. And I love that he sees Daniel's notebook. You know, he's got this big notebook. And Daniel's like, yeah, I want to be prepared. And of course, Johnny has no notes. And he goes on to say, I'm going to shoot from the hip. Which I thought for a second, Sal, and I could be wrong here, but immediately... I thought of that Judd Nelson movie from the 80s, From the Hip, where he plays a lawyer. I don't know if that was a little reference there or not, but uh, I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, by the way, that movie was directed by Bob Clark, who also directed A Christmas Story and Porky's 1 and 2, but just a little shout out there. Wait, A Christmas Story director directed Porky's? Oh, yes. Bob Clark. <laughs> Rest in peace. I never knew that. I never knew that. And then, of course, Sal, after we see them, this leads to what? Well, Councilman Roberts. Council person. Yeah. What did I say? What did I say? Councilman. Oh, my God. I'm canceled. I'm canceled. <laughs> she says, Council person Roberts says, we can hear appeals on the cancellation of the tournament. Daniel and Johnny both step up. Yeah. And then Chris steps up. Hello. Did nobody see Chris? He's two rows forward. Nobody saw Chris there. Come on. He was just there. <laughs> How did Amanda not know she was literally violating her, her restraining order in that moment? This is hilarious. So Chris gets up and he just starts talking. And of course, Daniel and Johnny just have to kind of sit down in different seats <laughs> because they have, of course, moved towards the front, but they acquiesced and let Chris go on and you know, he's giving a thoughtful speech here. Jason, as somebody who has done public speaking, yeah. whether hosting or moderating your former film festivals yes. or stand-up comedy shows, whatever, I've done some hosting. He says, ladies and gentlemen, I'm retired Army Captain John Kreese. <laughs> <laughs> and when Councilperson Roberts says, thank you for your service, it's over. That's it's it. over. That's it. <laughs> he won the crowd. That's it. It's over. That's so good. He knows how to work a room, I got to say. And of course, Amanda gets fired up on this whole sequence because it starts to kind of escalate a little bit, Sal. And please describe what takes place. 
Okay, so right here, I'm, I'm starting to get upset because right here at this moment, I'm thinking, okay, if there's any time in any history when Crease, Lawrence, and LaRusso should unite, it's right now. Yeah. Because right now, they all want the All Valley to proceed. Unfortunately, Crease starts by invoking Miyagi-Do. He could have left well enough alone. He brings up Sam. He brings up your out-of-control daughter. What? What's he doing? I'm thinking, Crease. What are you doing? Everything's going great. Amanda jumps up. Hey, you leave my daughter out of this, you piece of shit. It all starts going to hell right now. Oh, Amanda is quickly kicked out. Get your hands off me. Get your hands off me. Not a good moment. Daniel's just trying to keep it together. Uh, he's mentioning the live Cobra that was at the showroom and blaming it on Crease in this forum, Sal. No place for it. And on that note, by the way, that was not a Cobra from the previous episode, but call it a Cobra if you want. I know, Jason. I wasn't going to bring this up, but those snakes, I mean- One snake. Yeah, okay. The snake. We all know Cobras. They got the hood. I think it's called a hood. Yep. Yeah, these were kind of, I thought those were like kind of rattlesnakes or gardener snakes. Or a snake, just a snake. Or a snake, okay. <laughs> I keep thinking multiple snakes. No, it is one, one snake. snake. Okay, so he references the fact that this guy put cobras on my sales floor. Yeah, this is not the place to air dirty laundry, and you're absolutely right, Sal. They should have had a united front and move forward as such. But it's not to be, it spins out of control, and the All-Valley is denied. You didn't even get to hear from Daniel or Johnny, but Sal, this leads to something I did not see coming. Well, Councilperson Roberts orders them all to sit down, and this is where we have that three shot, right to left, the good, the bad, and the badass, which, according to our Let's Talk Cobra Kai memes, was officially... Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Loved it. I, I, I'm proud of that. That was your idea, by the way. Wow. That was your idea. Thank you. I, I give Jason Connell credit for that. Uh, but yeah, here we have the good, the bad, and the badass. And we're thinking that the good is Daniel LaRusso, the bad is John Kreese, and the badass is Johnny Lawrence. You know, can we not forget the show is called Cobra Kai. Look how the show started. Sometimes I forget Johnny Lawrence is officially the star of Cobra Kai. He absolutely carries the show. No doubt about it. When I go back and watch these episodes for notes, it's evident. He is really the heart and soul of the show. His arc has been the greatest. His redemption story is amazing. Yes, we love Daniel. He is the karate kid. And I love Daniel's character. But Johnny's made the biggest turnaround <laughs> you could ever imagine, and he's won our hearts. And listen, I want him and Danny to work together. I love them as a tandem, a duo, a tango and cash. I love that storyline. But he is the star, and he is the badass, if you will. And yeah, I love seeing that three shot as well. Those three together, they're stewing on the inside, but they're sitting there taking it. And we were all speculating what that photo was at the time, remember? And we had no idea. Like, are they at a movie theater? <laughs> are they at a courtroom? Remember? That was one thought that we had. But I had no idea that they had just been denied or the All Valley had just been denied. So, But this leads to a magical moment from one Miguel and Samantha. Well, Councilperson Roberts 
She says, you three have made the case as to why this tournament should not continue. So right now, it is bad news. And then we hear, wait, we hear a voice. It's Miguel yelling from the top of the staircase. He walks down the stairs to the lectern. Shout out to my friend, Matt Walker, who always differentiates between lecterns and podiums. Okay, so this is a lectern. He introduces himself. Now, Roberts wants to move on, and now Sam steps forward. They both plead with the council to keep the tournament. We want a place where we can compete fairly and safely. So now we have Miguel and Sam as the representatives due to the failure of Crease, Johnny, and Daniel. Absolutely. And I love that Miguel goes on to say, karate is about discipline. It's about inner strength. It's about confidence. Lessons you can learn for the rest of your life. I don't know where I would be today or who I would be today if it wasn't for my sensei. And there's a beautiful tender moment where Miguel looks over his shoulder, looks at Johnny. Yeah. We know that Miguel and Johnny have a bond. Oh, yeah. And I was also going to say I was really impressed with Zolo's acting in this scene. And Miguel has just always been killing it, but he really carried this monologue beautifully. I thought it was great. So the entire council is moved by Miguel's words, and Samantha for that matter, but definitely Miguel's speech resonates with them. And Councilperson Roberts looks around at each and every one of them, and they're all giving her the nod. And Sal, this leads to... All Valley is back. It was on the fringe, and now it is back. It's back. And they just have to sign waivers. So, hey. <laughs> that, that's all. <laughs> that's fine. That's all. You're not, you're not going to sue us in case anything happens. Otherwise, sign the waiver. And now we cut to Miyagi-Do Dojo, and Samantha and Miguel are sitting out back talking over RC Colas. Okay. At this point, I'm possibly admitting or learning that RC Cola maybe do some product placement. <laughs> <laughs> I see a trend. It's like a Coors Banquet all of a sudden for kids. Everyone's got an RC Cola. I mean, it's 2021. Are teens really drinking RC Cola? I would be shocked and surprised. Hey, nothing against RC Cola. It's fantastic. I just wouldn't imagine teens drinking this, but okay. Well, they also drink Crystal Light, so... You know what? <laughs> if you look at Cobra Kai, lots of beverages happening, whether it be a Coors Banquet, whether it be whiskey, whether it be McKellen. Yeah. Lots of beverages yeah. <laughs> being consumed in the Cobra Kai Karate Kid universe. So, Sal, as they talk, I just have to say, I cannot believe that Sam doesn't know what's written on the rock at Miyagi-Do Dojo. Yeah, you know, I was thinking about that. In a previous episode, when they vandalized Miyagi-Do Dojo, right. that exact rock was knocked over, right? Correct. And they had to create the leverage and work as a team to get it yes, to stand up again. Yes, yes. But no one we ever talked what about says. what it said. Okay, I'm at a loss. I'd have to go back and look at that episode to see if there's talk about what's on the rock, but... Whatever it is, Daniel did not relay that to Sam. No, definitely not. At this point in time, nobody knows what the hell that rock says, especially Sam and Miguel as they're having their flirtatious RC Cola evening. So this exchange leads to kind of some fake sparring, which reminds me of the date they had at golf and stuff way back when. And Sal, they lock eyes. <laughs> and this leads to... And then... Here's Robbie, again, creeping around, as I said before. He enters from, again, inside the house. He's facing outward where Miguel and Sam are. 
Is there no fence around the Miyagi-Do Reseda household? Apparently not. But Robbie's there looking at Sam and Miguel. He says, should have known. And this gets heated, Sal. I mean, Robbie steps up to Miguel. Sam pushes Robbie. I mean, this could have gone bad very quickly. Miguel is in no shape to defend himself right now, Sal. No, no, no. I thought about that too. Miguel wants to defend himself. He wants to defend Sam. Yep. But if there were to be an actual fight at this very moment, not that Robbie is so primed and warmed up. He's been in similar juvenile hall. He hasn't been a practicing martial arts. But if a fight were to go down, I would feel for Miguel for sure. Well, Sam would step up. She'd have to. And she does. So she pushes Robbie off. And then Robbie's like, okay, fine. You two deserve each other. And he walks off. Yeah, because Robbie sees this and he's assuming this was always the case, right? Tori's words resonate with him and he assumes that, well, Sam's always been going around my back, not really knowing the full picture, not unlike how Daniel and Johnny always assume the worst in one another. So that's what's going on here. And Robbie's worst nightmare is realized and yeah, he's out. And... This only makes Sam and Miguel closer. Yeah, sort of a misunderstanding. Sam didn't plan this. Miguel didn't plan this. Nobody planned this. No. It just kind of all happened. No one's taken away from the fact that Sam did have feelings for Robbie at some point. Things just kind of transpired. Robbie says, you didn't write to me. And Sam's like, I did write to you. You didn't respond to me, so I stopped writing. So yeah, just sort of a misunderstanding a misinterpretation of feelings and emotions. So a bad scene and it doesn't end well. No. So now we're at Johnny's apartment. And of course, Johnny's drinking a beer. Go figure. More beverages for this episode, Sal. And then there's a knock on the door. Yeah, it's Carmen. And she says excitedly, I heard what happened at the meeting. So she's pretty excited about the fact that the All Valley has been reinstituted. Yeah, and Johnny's like, oh, you should have seen him. He's, you know, gushing over Miguel's performance at this meeting, and he's so proud of him. And again, yeah, they're on Team Miguel. It bonds them together. And then, Sal, I did not see this coming. I, too, was very surprised by this. And you know what? The Cobra Kai universe does have a lot of assertive women. Because when you look at the first kiss, right, there's always the, in any relationship, there's the first kiss, Who initiated? In Cobra Kai, the first kiss often initiated by women. Because you know what? I will bet you $50 cash right now that Yasmin initiated the first kiss with Dimitri. And I'm sure this is no different. In this instance, we have Carmen striking first with the first (laughs) kiss. Strike hard. Oh, my God. I, I can't believe this. So we have Johnny and Carmen kissing they embrace they knock a tv off the wall (laughs) that was pretty hilarious and then they head straight for the bedroom holy cow i'm not that assertive i'm kind of like well hey uh what do you want to do what do you want to do what do you want to watch boom they are right in the bedroom they don't mess around no and back of the tv this is the second flat screen in this series that johnny has lost off of his wall. One in which when Daniel came in and they started to fight in his little living room. And then Johnny put this one up and now this one's down, Sal. So he's going on to flat screen number three, but Johnny probably does not mind this time losing it 
to have Carmen come in in a night of passion, Sal. So really unexpected. And honestly, I am so rooting for them and Johnny in this sequence. You know, I am too. I am rooting for them. But at the same time, I'm thinking, what's this going to turn into? Where's this going to go? What's the future of a relationship with Daniel and Carmen? I am a little bit concerned about that. Well, Miguel could have a father and a sensei. Well, the X factor, the variable, the unknown variable. His biological father. No, the unknown variable for Johnny is Allie. Good point, Sal. Good point. Ugh, we're going to see where this goes. So now we're at the Cobra Kai Dojo, and Kreese is hanging up the 51st All-Valley Karate Championships poster, Sal. Wow. This is so cool. Kreese is hanging the poster. Uh, He's proud of it. Oh, yeah. You know what? You know what? At this moment in time, oh, I, I hate... When we're on the same page as Kreese, I hate when we are on the same team. He's hanging the 51st annual All-Valley poster, and I'm going, yeah, yeah, cool. Like, why why, why am I agreeing with Kreese? I don't want to be agreeing with Kreese. Well, it was Kreese who had the 1984 All-Valley poster in his Cobra Kai dojo, in which Mr. Miyagi spotted and put everything in motion. So unfortunately, Kreese is a pivotal person in the Cobra Kai Karate Kid universe. Well, it's the living example of a broken clock is right twice a day. So here we are. I'm on board. All Valley. Let's do it. I'm with you. I'm super excited to see him hang this up. Just to know that this show is going to get back to All Valley, Sal. I mean, this is our third season, and we've only had one All Valley, so I'm excited to know it's coming. And then, of course, there's the bell on the door, and guess who enters? No one locks their door on this show. No one has a gate. No. No, but everybody just goes about wherever they want. It wouldn't matter because this particular person would find a way to creep in. (laughs) We hear the cha-ching, the cha-ching at the door. It's Robbie. And he says, Sensei Kreese. And we see Kreese's face, him grinning. At this moment, Kreese is winning. At this moment, we have Robbie stepping in to be student to John Kreese. Yeah. Unbelievable, Sal. Robbie has crossed over and will now be a Cobra Kai student. Oh, my wow. gosh. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Pretty interesting. I want to see how this pans out. You know, I saw the next episodes, but I still am excited. Very excited place and time. I'm super excited. I mowed through this whole season in two days, as I've said previously, but I have not revisited episode nine and 10 yet. So I'm super excited to go back and watch them again, because sometimes you forget they run together. If you watch them as fast as we did... It's like, oh, was that episode six or seven? So yeah, it's like, oh yeah, now it's happening. A lot happened this episode. We lost all Valley. We got it back. We have the dojos getting stronger. Robbie has entered Cobra Kai. We have Miguel and Sam getting back together. So much happening. These next two episodes, Sal, it's going to be crazy. Oh, wow. Yeah. Now we're getting down to the nitty gritty. So the last episode was sort of a setup episode. This episode, yeah, we're getting down to the brass tacks, as they say. So, very excited. And again, bittersweet because we're reaching the end. So, oh, yeah, very excited, though. 
very pumped up for all the future episodes. And I just want to say that as we wind down season three, Sal and I would get back to doing our special episodes, and we both highly encourage you to check them out. There's so much fun stuff in there. At least we think it's fun. We also break down all three movies, Sal. Yeah, you know what? And I mentioned this to a few friends of mine on Facebook when they start talking about Cobra Kai. A friend of mine uh, just started talking about how he's taking his daughter to a drive-in movie theater to see The Karate Kid. Oh. So, of course, I said to him, well, hey, check out our podcast on the way home. We have done full podcasts of The Karate Kid, The Karate Kid 2, and The Karate Kid 3. I'm proud of those, so I encourage our listeners, listen to them, share them far and wide. The Karate Kid Cobra Kai universe is huge and getting huger. Absolutely. And we will be doing the next Karate Kid as well. Uh, at some point. <laughs> No, at some point. You have to see it. I first. know. I haven't seen it yet. Oh, no. It's definitely the weakest of all of them. But it's Pat Morita's last performance as Mr. Miyagi in a movie, anyway. Well, hey, how about that? They have the upcoming Pat Morita documentary, More Than Miyagi. I've got to see it. We got to see it, man. We got to see it. We got to break it down. Break it down. So thank you so much for listening. And please be sure to subscribe to Let's Talk Cobra Kai wherever you get your podcast. You can also really help us by giving the show a five-star rating on Apple Podcast. And for all you listeners that enjoy sharing your thoughts, you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, send us a direct message, or post a comment on our social media, which is at Let's Talk Cobra Kai. We also highly recommend checking out the Let's Talk Movies podcast and visiting JustCuriousMedia.com. No mercy.